0: Most of the children have already left to go to children's church, but if uh, if we have children, it's time for them to go. You all may be seated. It's been, uh, almost 19 years ago, uh, that there was a group of men that were going down to Bowling Green to sing barbershop, uh, music with, uh, what was then called, uh, the cavemen chorus, and they got tired of going to Bowling Green. They said, why don't we start a chorus here in E-Town, and so they did. Well, one of those men was Brother Wally Mantooth, uh, And uh, so I'd never known Wally before that. He and I had some mutual friends, but I'd never met him before. At the time, he was the pastor at First Cedar Creek Baptist Church near Bardstown. Uh, He's been pastor of two or three churches since then and served in other churches in other capacities since then. He's supposedly retired, uh, but uh, he's still pretty busy, I think. Uh, But anyway, uh, as you all have already heard, Wally can sing but he can also preach. Uh, So at this time, Brother Wally, would you come? His wife, Marita, is with him too, by the way. way way that, Marita. All right, good
1: morning, church. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, I was privileged to be a full-time pastor for 35 years. Um, Started off in Mississippi and Went to Georgia, and then came home to Kentucky. I Reti- retired a little early to uh, go take care of my dad. Um, I love to tell the story, so if you'll give me just a moment just to kind of uh, in- indulge me. Um, but I love to tell the story because of, what, because of who God is and because of what God has done. I was pastoring at Pleasant Grove uh, over in Shepherdsville, and we were in, in church council. And we were doing a five-year plan for the church. And so I said, well, you know, let's just let's put it on the table. We don't need to hide anything. I'm, I'm 58. I'll be 59 next month. Three to six years, I'm going to retire. We're doing a five-year plan for the church. Three to six years, I'm going to retire. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, three months. Just like that. Three months. Well, I'm choked. I didn't say anything to the council, but I went home and talked to Marie, and I said, maybe I said, you need to pray with me because... It sounds like God is telling me it's time to retire. And so Marita went off into her little prayer closet. She came back and she said, I don't know what's going on, but it, I, th- I feel like God told me August 31st. And I went, June, July, August. Yeah. So I texted my brothers and I, and I said, guys, I need you to pray with me. I don't know what's going on. And my little brother calls me up and he says, you're planning on retiring August 31st? I said, it doesn't make any sense, but that's what it sounds like God is saying. And Doug said to me, oh, it makes perfect sense. He said, we're moving to Hawaii on September the 1st. You need to come take care of Dad. So we retired early at 59 and moved to Litchfield and spent the next three years taking care of my father. So this reminds me that God knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't always give us all the information that we'd like to have when he tells us something, when he, when he reveals something to our heart, we don't always get all of it, but God knows what he's doing. So he said to me, three months, and he said to Marita, August 31st, and my little brother says, I'm moving to Hawaii on September 1st. You need to come take care of dad. So retiring early, we moved to Litchfield, spent three years taking care of my dad so it's my honor and it's my privilege to be able to fill in for pastor josh while he gets to go visit his dad so let's go to the word of the lord together and as we do uh if you'll go to james chapter one let me just start off by asking this question to you Uh, for how many of us would you say that 2021 has been a pretty rough year some of you willing yeah some of you raise your hands up okay uh probably for most of us with with covid and and a lot of civil unrest in our nation and and crazy weather recently it turns out that 2021 has been a lot like 2020 now it's not been all bad of course there's there's been some good things that have come our way in the past couple of years right But how many of us would say that 2021 has been a mix of good stuff and bad stuff. And it seems like kind of heavy on the bad stuff. Have you had that happen to you this past year? (sighs) The last two years with the epidemic. With the crazy weather. So many things going on. Well, how many here would hope. Realizing that 2022 is also going to be a mixed up kind of year, how many of us would hope that 2022 might get a little bit heavier on the good and a little bit lighter on the bad? All right, let's take a look at that together as we go to God's word. James chapter 1 and verse 17. The Bible tells us that, that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. With whom there is no shadow or or variableness due to turning. Now now this is is quite a declaration from the word of God. God's word says, every good thing comes from the Lord. Every good thing. Now I have the New Living Translation with me this morning. Let me share with you this, this modern translation of this grand old verse. James 1. Verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. All right, right, pray with me. Father, as we bow before you, having read this passage from your word, Having spent a few moments in, in introduction, God, we we proclaim God that you are the one true living God. There is no other God before you or beside you, and we are so thankful that you are who you are. We don't have to worry about waking up in the morning to find out that you don't love us anymore. You are the God of light. You are love. You give all the good things that we have in life to share. And thank you, God, that you never change. Teach us truth from your word. Help us to understand a little better. And may we take another step down the road towards Christ-likeness because we've gathered here together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that every good thing, every perfect thing, is a gift that comes down from our Father. Now, we need to see that if it's good, it's from God. And if it's from God, it's good. For each of us, for all of us. Notice that there are no qualifiers. There are no prerequisites. For you, for me, for absolutely every person on the planet. And for those who are current, I guess there are some people, what, a space lab and a space station. I guess there are some people circling up there. I haven't heard anything lately. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but for every one of us, the Bible says that every good thing, comes from god therefore if it's from god it's good and if it's good it comes from god but not everything in our life is good is it we, we've already we've already shared together that we recognize that the past couple of years have been a mixture of good things and bad things it's that way for every one of us. You see, we, we live in a fallen world. It's no longer good and very good the way that God created it, the way that He originally made it. The Bible tells us that it's disobedience that caused God's good and very good world to fall, to, to be marred. It's disobedience that's caused... Us to live on a fallen planet. Some, some, from time to time, somebody will ask, well, how come, how come bad things happen to good people? Well, first of all, it's because that's the way it is on this earth. There are bad things mixed in because we, <clears throat> we live on a fallen world. Bad things happen. No one is specifically or or immediately at fault. Rather, we're all generally at fault. Sickness, bad weather, accidents, thorns and thistles, mosquitoes and ticks, and on and on the list can go. And these things are because we live on a fallen planet. That's the way it is. How come bad things happen to good people? Because our world is a fallen world. And generally, all of us contribute to that fallenness. All of us suffer. There are all sorts of bad things. Because that's the shape our world is in. Our world is in that shape because the first people chose to disobey God. Our world stays in this shape because all people choose to disobey God. First and foremost, why do bad things happen to good people first? Because we live in a fallen world. But also we recognize that, yes, there are are times... When each of us are specifically at fault. Consequences come because of our own bad choices. Let's face it, sometimes we hurt because we messed up. Can you stick your hand up with me on that one? Sometimes we hurt because we messed up. Now, not every time. Sometimes we hurt because generally that's just the way things are on this fallen planet. And yes, we recognize that sometimes we hurt because somebody else messed up and we catch the fallout. Now, fair or not, like it or not, that is the way things are on this fallen world. Sometimes we hurt because we make bad choices. Sometimes we hurt because somebody else makes bad choices. Sometimes we hurt because, well, we live on a fallen planet. And there is disobedience to God generally across the whole planet. And so, 2021 was a year that was a mix of good stuff and bad stuff. And 2022 will be a mixed up year as well. But is there anything we can do to help 2022... Lean a little heavier towards the good stuff. Yes. Yes, there is. Number one, thank God for the good stuff. Because the, uh, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Everything that you have in your life that's good is a gift from God. Well, you, brought, you know, Dr. Wally, I, I, I work awful hard and I, and I provide good stuff. For, no, the reality is, is that everything that you work with, God has given you to work with. And everything that's good in your life is a gift from God. That's what the Bible tells us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. So, in order to help 2022 lean a little heavier towards the good. Number one, thank God for the good stuff. Recognize and acknowledge where all the good stuff comes from. James 1:17. He gives the good. And he will keep on giving the good because that's the way he is. He will keep on giving the good because he doesn't change. He's the same. He is constant. He is consistent. And since he never changes if he has given good stuff in the past, he will give good stuff in the future because good stuff comes from God. But what about everything else? Sure, God is the one who gives the good, but what about the bad? Is he involved with that? And we turn together to Romans chapter 8 to see this. Familiar passage for many. And the passage tells us in Romans 8, 28, we know that that God is working everything together for the good, for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. Now, notice how this passage is different from the James passage. In James chapter 1, we are told that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. No qualifiers, no prerequisites Uh, for every person, for every good thing, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, if there's good in your life, it's because God has placed good in your life. No qualifiers. But notice how this passage says that we know that God is working everything together for good for those who love him and those who are the called. According to his purpose. Yes, if it's good, it's from God. And that's that's for everybody. But here we see that God is bringing everything together for good. For the called. For those who love him. And in other words. For we folk, we who are born again. We who are the children of God by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For us, God is working everything together for good. So it is for us that God has not only given good things into our lives, it is for us that God is working everything together for the good. This tells us if something in our lives is from God, it's immediately and automatically and already good. And everything else in life will eventually be good. Now, if you're like me, it's this word eventually that's the real kicker. This eventually stuff. I would really rather things just go ahead and automatically be good. Just go ahead and immediately be good. But that's not the way it works on this planet. There is an eventually timing thing. You know... It's not so hard to understand, to believe and accept and to experience that God's will is good. Sometimes it's the timing of God's will. It's tough. Am I right? It's this eventually aspect. Our lives on this fallen planet do not work out immediately good. But we are promised that everything will eventually be good... ...as our Heavenly Father works all of life's things together. So point number one, if it's from God, it's good. Point number two, everything will eventually be good. Point number three, what is the proper definition of good? You see, one of the reasons that we get ourselves in a mess is because we have devised a personal definition of good that is different from God's definition of good. You ask somebody, (coughs) well, tell me about the good things in your life, and, and they'll start talking about those things that make them feel good. Like when the kids come in to visit or when you get to go make a visit and go go visit family and they'll talk about getting a good paycheck they'll talk about having a good home they'll talk about driving a, a reliable vehicle uh, when people get to talking about good when people get to describing good when people begin to define what what is good to them many many times it'll boil down to well if it feels good if it makes me feel good then it's got to be good That can't be it. That can't be it. And if that is our definition of good, then we're finding that Romans eight twenty eight just rings hollow to us. Well, if God's working everything together for good, then how come I don't feel good? If God's working everything together for my good, then how can I hurt so bad? If God's working everything together for my good, Then, how come I'm so miserable? You you see, if we are caught into that trap of believing that if it feels good, then it must be good, then we've got ourselves all messed up. And if our definition of good is that if it makes me feel good, then it's got to be good, then we're going to find ourselves in a heap of trouble how many here are old enough to remember the slogan from the 60s if it feels good do it how many of us have recognized that that is a recipe for disaster now it 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 might have you know we might have liked it and and we thought it was a great idea back when we were kids But we don't want our kids living like that. We don't want our grandkids living like that. If it feels good, do it. A recipe for disaster. And if we just think about it for half a minute, we know that if it feels good, then it is good. That's not true because the opposite is also not true. Some things that don't feel good are actually very good. Some things that don't feel good are not only good, they are the very best things for us. Consider this. How many folks in the room have ever gone through physical therapy? Oh, wasn't that fun? Well, that was good, wasn't it? Whether it was physical therapy for a a knee surgery or a shoulder surgery, hmm? or maybe therapy following heart surgery. For your healing, for your good, you had to do physical therapy. And physical therapy hurts. But physical therapy is good. Go on with it. Cancer therapies like chemo or radiation or cancer surgery or, or any kind of surgery... Go on with it. Even diet and exercise and yucky taste in medicine. Good stuff that doesn't feel good. Am I on track? Am I on track with this? There is good stuff that we need that doesn't feel good. Now listen, dear ones. If it's true in the physical realm, it's even more true in the spiritual realm. Sometimes what's good doesn't feel good. got to be another definition for good. If it feels good, well then it's got to be good. No. Sometimes it hurts, but it's actually good. And so we go to Romans 8, 28 and 29. If you look in the scriptures with me, please. Many of us know Romans 8, 28, because we really like that verse. For God knows that, for we know that that God is working all things together for our good. For those who love Him and for those who are the called according to His purpose. But look at verse 29. Let me read it for you from the New Living Translation. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. This is it. I want you to consider with me. God is giving us good things. James 1.17 And God is working everything together for our good. For we who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28 So that we who are his children by grace through faith in Jesus can become more and more like Jesus. That is the good. That's it. That's it. This is God's definition of good. That we would grow and develop and mature so as to become more and more like Jesus. In fact. This is actually the goal of the Christian life. Now, if someone was to simply say, what's the goal of the Christian life? What's the Christian life leading to? What's the whole meaning? What's the whole purpose? What's the Christian life all about? Many people, most people say, well, getting to go to heaven when you die. No, that's not the answer. Listen, please. Getting to go to heaven when you die is the gift of God. It's not the goal of the Christian life. If the goal of the Christian life was to get to go into heaven when you die, what are we hanging around down here for? The goal of the Christian life is to become more and more and more like Jesus. What's it take to become more like Jesus? What is this all about? Be more like Jesus. It's becoming less selfish. It's becoming more loving. It's becoming more forgiving and more gracious and more merciful and more kind. I want you to please go, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. And look at it in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verses 13 to 15. Ephesians 4, 13... This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's the goal of the Christian life. That's the good that God is working everything together towards. The good is not that we would get to feel good, although that's nice when it happens. The good is not that we would be healthy and wealthy and happy, although that's nice when that happens. The good, the very best good, the greater of all good, is that the good that our God, our Heavenly Father wants for us. Is that you would become more like Jesus and that I would become more like Jesus and that we would all become more like Jesus. That's the good. Now, i got to ask, how's that going for you? Are there, are there rough edges that are being sanded off? Are there impurities of worldliness and selfishness that are being burned away? Is the Holy Spirit doing His job of pointing out to you all the little places where you're still more like you instead of being more like Jesus? Have you ever heard anybody say, well, that's just the way I am. They're just going to have to love me the way I am. You ever heard that? That is definitely not a Christian stance. Well, that's the way I am. But every day I want to become more like Jesus. You know, somebody that's mean and hateful and and they snap and they get mad. And if they don't get their way, they become all sulky. You know, people like that. If you're in a church, you know, people like that. That's just the way she is. You just, gotta, you just gotta understand that's just the way he is. No, Christian. No. That might be just the way, that might be just the way he is, and God loves him just the way he is, but God loves him too much to leave him the way he is. Huh? How's it going for you? How's it going? As God is bringing everything together so that you can become more like Jesus. That's the question for the morning. I know it hurts. I know it doesn't feel good to be reminded that you are to be less selfish and more forgiving and humble and meek to put others ahead of yourself and be loving and kind and gracious. But that is the goal of the Christian life. And that is the greatest of all good that God intends that we get. Well, God's working everything together for the good. Absolutely. Yes, he is. And the good is not that you're going to be happy and healthy and strong. And The good is that you become more like Jesus. That's what the good is. You see how people get themselves messed up when they put their own definition of good there? We need to put God's definition of good there. Us, less and less and less like ourselves. And us, more and more and more like Jesus. And you know what? It's going to happen. Yep, for every one of us, It is. Every Christian, every born again by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, every child of God, it is going to happen. Take a look, please, to Philippians chapter 1. Look at verse 6 with me, please. The Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us these words and he says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work Until it is finally finished on the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm convinced. He who began that good work in you will complete it. Everybody say, Amen. Praise God. Yes. It's going to happen. But I want you to understand, please. That even as it was your choice to receive Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, it's also your choice whether you decide to walk with him, follow him, cooperate with him, and become more like him a little at a time. Or just go your own way and become like him at the end when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is an important point to understand. The scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that when we stand before the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ, when Christians stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to be having our works examined and our works judged. Now, praise God, we Christians do not have to stand and and have to have our our sinfulness judged because Jesus has taken care of that. Uh, we, We stand before the Lord and we stand righteous by grace through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and we are cleansed. But we will stand before the Bema and we will have our lives judged. We'll have our works judged. And the Bible tells us that if you build upon the foundation that the apostles started, the foundation which is Jesus Christ himself, well, then if you build upon that foundation, you can use wood, hay, stubble. You can use gold, silver, precious gems. We can, we can build upon the foundation with whatever we choose to use. And the Bible tells us that in that day, the judgment fires, if you build upon the foundation, if your Christian life is built of wood and hay and stubble, then at the Bema, then that, that, all that's going to burn up. It's all going to burn. But you're going to enter heaven, you're going to enter heaven, you're going to by the skin of your teeth, smelling like smoke, you're gonna, because going to heaven when you die is the gift of God. But the goal of the Christian life is to become more like Jesus. And so we should be building upon that foundation with gold and silver and precious stones. We should be giving our very best to God. Listen, folks, here's the reality of it. Yes, God who began a good work in you will finish it. Yes, he will complete it. But it's your choice, Christian. Do you want him to work on it a little at a time through the rest of your life? Or do you want him to work on it all at once at the judgment fire? It's your choice. Some people say, well, you know, if, if, if God's going to finish it, well, then I don't have to worry about it. I mean, I can just live my life and I can have a good time and I can indulge myself and I can just live any old way I want to because I'm saved and I'm going to heaven when I die and uh, God's going to take care of all that at the Bema. Uh, not a good idea. I mean, it'll work. But think about it. Wouldn't it be so much better if we cooperate with Jesus, if we go along with him, if we, well, here's what it is. God is taking everything and working it together for good, and the good is that we become more like Jesus. And God is capable of taking our bad and turning it into good. Yes, he is. But wouldn't it be so much better if we would give God our good so he can turn that into greater good? Yes, it's a much better choice. It works either way. It works both ways. The reality is, as Christian, yes, you will make it through the fire. But you'll make it through the fire with all your selfishness burned up. Or you'll make it through the fire with all your precious gold and silver. and silver, All that going into the glory of, of Jesus' Jesus's great crown. Here is a matter of choice. If we choose to walk with Jesus during these days, we trust the Holy Spirit will will guide us into making good choices. And we know that our selfishness and our worldliness will drop off a little at a time, day by day. Sometimes it's going to be difficult, and sometimes it's going to hurt. It's not easy denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. It's not easy being less selfish today than you were yesterday. It's not easy being more loving today than you were yesterday. But you can do it, indeed, Christian. You can do everything. You can do all things through Him who strengthens you, through the Christ who strengthens you. And a little at a time, a little by little, we transform. Yes, God can take even our selfishness and worldliness. And yes, He can work them together. And yes, He can bring about good in our lives. But listen, how much better to give Him our submission. How much better to give Him our obedience. And let Him take that and work it into even greater good. God is capable of taking our bad and working it together for our good. Yes, He is. But how much better to give Him our good... And then him working that together into greater good. As we finish things up, two last things. The first one is, if there's anyone here that, that has not yet called upon Jesus to forgive you and save you and into, into your life as Lord. Understand that yes, God who loves you, the, the creator who, who formed you and put you on this planet. Yes, he is putting good things into your life. Every good thing you have is a gift from God. Whether you acknowledge Him or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you want it to be true or not, it's still true. Every good thing in your life comes from the God who loves you. But if you have not yet called upon Jesus, that means that Him working everything together for your good can't happen because He works together for good for those who love Him. For those who are called according to his purpose. You need to become one of the called. You need to become one of the redeemed. You need to be numbered among the very family, the very children of God. And you do that by calling upon Jesus. Jesus, I believe you are who the Bible says you are. That you've done what the Bible says you've done. You are God himself. God in the flesh. You lived a perfectly obedient life. You died a, a willing sacrificial death. They, they put you in the ground. And th- on the third day you, you rose victorious. Understand please. If you're going to call upon Jesus to be your Savior, your Lord, you've got to know that he's alive because you can't ask a dead guy to do anything for you. Because you are alive, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me, save me, be Lord of my life. And when you do that, he will, he will save you and he will begin to work everything together for your good. And what is the good? That you become more and more and more like Jesus. That's the good. Now, for all of us who are already numbered among the redeemed by grace through faith in Jesus, it's now our choice to cooperate with him, to be obedient to him, and thus expedite the transforming process, or not. Or not. But how much better. So much better. For me, I want to stand before you and say a little at a time during the rest of our remaining days is a whole lot better than all at once at the beam of Christ. For me, I prefer a little burn here, a little polishing there, a little sanding off of a rough spot, and then finally one last and I'm done. That's, what, that's how I want it to go. But you know what? For some Christians, listen. <laughs> raging bonfire. At the beam of Jesus Christ as all the dross is burned off. Would you rather have a little at a time or you want it all at once? A little at a time. Much better. All right. Pray with me, please. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, as we bow in your presence, we, we give you praise for who you are and we give you praise for all that you do. Thank you, God, for loving us so much. Thank you, God, for not being satisfied to give us just what feels good. You'd much rather give us the real good, and that's that we become more like Jesus. Help us to submit to you, be obedient to you, to cooperate with you. And by our cooperation, we, we facilitate this transforming process bring us to that point god as you promise that we will become just like jesus we long for the day we look forward to the day grant us grace to walk through these days even though it sometimes hurts grant us grace to walk through these days in obedience to you in jesus we pray amen